Nine tenths left. A three wins the series. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. Hello and welcome to episode one of the Midweek Exception. This week's episode title, He Came, He Shaw, and He Got Fired. Joining me this week is Ayush. Hey everybody. Grant. How's it going? And Justin. What's up? Uh, yeah, this is our And first... you. John. Oh, and me, and I'm John. <laughs> Hi. Uh, solid way to start this off. Um, so yeah, let's jump right into talking about some hoops. So uh, Ayush. What do you want to talk about? Um, let's skip the first one. Let's just go straight to Tibbs in the hot seat. What are you guys' thoughts about that? I mean, I know Casey Johnson has mentioned it and Nick Friedle as well, but I just can't believe it, man. I mean, Tibbs is a top-five coach in my opinion, and I just can't see them letting him go. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think it was within the last like two days, there was a thing where Casey Johnson went on to Sirius XM radio. Since they're combined now, right? Or are they separate? I, I don't know, dude. I don't listen to I'm that. I've been separate at the same time somehow. Okay, because I, no, I have no idea how that worked out. But yeah, he went into some like NBA show and was talking about the situation with Tibbs and the front office and all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, yeah, it came out that apparently he thinks that Tibbs is potentially going to be leaving by the uh, during the offseason. And then Nick Friedle went on the uh, Waddle and Sylvie show on ESPN 1000 and said there was a 90 to 95 percent chance that Tibbs would be uh be getting a divorce. So it's pretty uh daunting. Solid odds, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 pretty daunting if you're a Bulls fan to hear that. And then there's always reports coming out that uh the Bulls have been in contact well not in contact, but they've been uh interested in um what's his name, like Hoyberg or something up. Uh, Fred Hoyberg from uh, Iowa State. And I'll say if anyone's gonna replace Tibbs, I would not have a problem with with uh, Hoiberg. He he's a solid coach. He's done really good things at the college level. I believe he spent some time at the in the NBA as an assistant coach as well. However, that being said, I will seriously question my Bulls allegiance if Tibbs is gone you during the pledge, summer. You wouldn't pledge up allegiance anymore, dude. <laughs> I, I would I would I would have to question my allegiance. But in all, in all seriousness, I'm gonna be devastated if they get rid of Tibbs. It's one of it could be one of the worst decisions I think a front office makes in, for a coaching situation in the history of the NBA. And I'm not trying to make this sound like more than it is because it is that big. Tibbs is one of the best coaches. I use, I know you said top top five. I'll say he's probably top three behind probably only Pop and Carlisle yep, at this yep, point, yep. in my opinion. And if the Bulls somehow part ways with the top three coach in the NBA, that is one of the most idiotic stupid insert any you know synonym idiotic there and list it and you would still not get enough like adjectives to describe how stupid the front office would be if they let Tibbs go yeah i mean it's like it's certainly one of those things where like i think so much of the current situation for the bulls and like their kind of lack of playoff success in the last two seasons has really not been something you can put on Tibbs. i think so, I don't know. I think it would be a, a pretty huge error if they were to uh, fire him because of something like that. So, even yeah. this year. Sorry, go ahead, Ayush. I mean, just like going off of that, if you look at our roster for the last two seasons, 
I don't think we get that far without Tibbs, to be honest. I mean, we were oh, what, we'd the, be the back fourth the and the fifth days. team. Exactly. It'd be terrible. And I mean, the first two seasons, we got the best record in the NBA. That was thanks to Rose and, of course, Tibbs. Then we lost Rose and we didn't have money shot creators on the team. And then we lost Rose for a little bit right now, too. But without without Tibbs, we would be in a terrible position right now. And I know the relationship is rocky ever since the Ron Adams firing, but Still, Tibbs needs to stay with the Bulls if they want to win a championship anytime in the in this decade. I should also mention that it's like almost an instinct for us to refer to the Bulls. Yeah, as we, I just since, that. yeah since we, um, sorry, we all, guys, we all do a uh, Chicago Bulls podcast, and it's kind of how we uh, started doing this. So if you hear a we, it's referring to the Bulls, and yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. To, like, to me, it just really seems like Gar Foreman and John Paxson are just trying to. Like they just have too big of egos and they're trying to swing their dick as bit and <laughs> they're slapping him in the face. <laughs> That's really what it seems like to me. It seems like these guys have too much of egos and they get pissed when Tibbs challenges them. Like a good coach does. Like you're forgetting that it, this has happened in the history of this team too. Phil Jackson didn't get along with the front office. There have been so many coaches that don't get along with the front office that still win championships. There should be arguments. There should be there, like fights between the front office and the coaching staff because both have their ideas of what's of you know what they want. But winning solves everything, and this team wins. You cannot let this good of a coach go. But I mean, that's all I'll say because I could go on forever about this topic, and it just can, it comes down to the front off front office. Their egos need to be checked, and they need to just give Tibbs what he wants. I think it was on the Pop the Trunk podcast either last week or the week before. Uh, but Jalen Rose said they should scrap Tibbs' entire contract right now, start it new, and say whatever Derek Fisher got, like you get $5 million more than that and make everybody happy. That's what should happen this offseason. But somehow the opposite of that is going to happen, and they're going to get rid of him, which makes no sense. I, I would say I'm more worried because it's not like the Bulls have a great uh, record of picking great coaches. I mean, especially after Phil Jackson, it was – Scott Skiles and Vinny Del Negro, if I remember correctly. And neither of those guys are really, I don't think they're coaching right now. So it's pretty, pretty damning. And I'm, I, I, fear, I fear for this Hoiberg guy, just because I don't pay attention to college basketball that much. So it's going to be very ignorant of me to say, but I'm scared he's going to mark Trespin us. I'm just, it's too many scars. It's too, I'm too scared. All right. I, disagree with that so i want to move on a little bit from this topic but i will say out of the college coaches i think hoiberg is poised to kind of take the step to the nba however i don't want the bulls to be the one that takes a chance on him like i mean if we had Vinny del negro or scott skiles or even like uh tim floyd or i didn't bill cartwright coach the bulls at one point he did. He did. yeah so it's not like we have any of those guys just you know spouting out phil jackson's you know, mantras from the early 90s. We have an established coach and getting rid of him because you don't, you just simply don't like the guy. It's just stupid. And, you know, it makes me question the, the entire front office after we saw a great offseason from the Bulls. Well, Mike Brown is still available, so we'll be fine. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. But yeah. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Give me that Mr. Potato Head. Sure, that's a guard form, and he's screaming out of his office right now. Oh, yeah. Mike Brown is absolutely the answer. The savior. But actually, speaking of, well, we kind of talk about Phil Jackson and his coaching tree to an extent with Bill Cartwright. The title of the episode, which we have uh, kind of failed to recognize, was uh, he came, he Shaw, and he got fired. The Nuggets fired Brian Shaw. I was right into that, yeah. Very good uh, transition. 
Yeah, I think we kind of lucked out for like getting a solid episode title out of this one. Because initially, I was also going to go with uh, the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> you had a point. You Wait. had um, the Gobert Report and the Rick Car- Car- Carlisle Rondo Rumble. I mean, yeah, the uh, Rick Carlisle just... Rondo Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, you're perfect, man. Don't worry about it. Anything you make is just on point. On yeah, point. but on uh, fleek. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, Brian Shaw got fired by the Nuggets. Um. It's. It seems like a lot of people were expecting it to come, and I mean, I think a lot of it obviously has to do with the fact that the Nuggets have been absolute trash this year. Like that team is a train wreck. It seems. It's yeah, it's rough. I mean, obviously with their team, you don't expect them to win too many games, but I still think they're underperforming with the talent they had, and I think this is a good move by the Nuggets, and hopefully they can pick up somebody else who can push forward with this team and develop their younger players. Yeah, it's like also I think there's like so much going on with like, you know, they they are a younger team. And I think, you know, obviously there's the dilemma with what happened at the tie loss in the season and like some of this past stuff. And, you know, you've got to hope that they're able to kind of get their bearings and like figure everything out for them. Because, you know, going to this season, I didn't even I didn't necessarily anticipate that they were going to be this bad. I thought, you know, I don't think they were going to get the eighth seed or anything, but I thought they'd, you know, kind of hang around for a while. But uh, didn't they traded Aaron Follow so... Did you guys hear about uh, David West, what David West said about the Nuggets? Uh, when he heard Brian Shaw was fired, he was actually really pissed, and he said, that team doesn't have any old guys. You can't win with any old guys, which is, I think, definitely true. It's a very young team. There's no veteran leadership in there. You got Reddit user Ty Lawson on Reddit all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Browsing there and, yeah, doing his thing. Yeah, so, I don't know. I feel like that's really what they needed. There was a lot of social media stuff with that team this year and i feel like that's exactly what they did not need they needed to actually play basketball yeah they need like buckle down focus on one objective but exactly yeah they were just meandering around social media not really focusing yeah this definitely like the hawks can do it because they're winning you can't do it because you're pretty damn bad right now so the nuggets are kind of like a team embodiment of joel Embiid, i think <laughs> kendall marshall and joel Embiid combined seriously it's yeah that's that's all that they are i mean it's uh i i feel like if we had more prep time you should have looked into like how the team has performed since they traded mozgov because man that has to be like some weird turning point in some way. Well, he was playing like pretty average with them, and now he's like the Maz gods. Definitely, you can blame them for for that. I was like, man, that Cavaliers team, like they just know, like there's, I don't know, they're getting good pickups. Like, dude, they fuck, damn. fuck off with them. They like had their lineup <laughs> and it was good, and then the lineup got bad, and now the, they picked up other people, and now the lineup is better. Like, are you like, kidding me? I yeah. talked to John earlier, and like. If you look at their team from last year and this year, there's like four guys left that were on that team, like Kyrie, Verjao, Tristan Thompson. That's the only people I can think of right off the top of my head right now. Deladova. Deladova, sure. So they just stacked and racked everybody up. I mean, Perkins, I know he's not really performing well with them right now, but it's a small sample size. Moskov, Amon Shumpert, and J.R. Smith, they're just, they just killed it, dude. Well, I think, I mean, this upcoming uh, offseason, isn't Tristan Thompson... Yeah, because like there wasn't there a thing earlier season where he wanted to get a lot more than he was probably going to get from the Cavs. He, so. he wanted the max. <laughs> mm. Yeah, his offensive rebounding that. is really valuable, but not max level valuable. Yeah, no, I'd be inclined be, to agree. It'll be good though because then another team can pick him up potentially. 
the yeah. Nuggets. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, go go the Nuggets. How many and, uh, power forwards do they need? They're athletic. They're just gonna be the com- They're gonna be like the Suns were with the uh, point guards. Yeah, it's gonna be the same situation. It's gonna be backlogged. <laughs> Oof. So uh, I guess another really kind of like odd thing was uh, did you guys watch the game between the Cavs and the Rockets or no? I did I, not, but I saw the the play that we're talking about. I saw LeBron be not even clutch at the end. Yeah, <laughs> the choke. Okay. So yeah, that also <laughs> became like a really weird thing where like following the game, he went on Twitter and did his kind of like, oh, I gotta make those free throws or whatever. Like it's kind of a generic like statement of like frustration and just acknowledging that yeah, I kind of blew it. But then also like he went on the, like Instagram and took a picture <laughs> of him like in the mirror or something, and like had something about like his own reflection and like all this kind of stuff. And I'm like. Man, you're taking it a little bit hard. Like, if that was how like people should look at themselves like blowing free throws, like I'd be fucking in front of a mirror the whole day. <laughs> John, John like, free throws. You're, you're missing the part where he's already starting his transition from NBA superstar to photographer and artist. Come on, I, he, he's slowly I'm taking my to LA. And he's using he's Larry Sanders as tool. Dude, exactly. Man, I, I even have to give credit for that picture in the on Instagram. Like that's like some it's it's good like angling and it makes composition sense. is on point. The rule of thirds is there. It's just perfect. What if LeBron just left the NBA? It's completely said like screw it. Like I don't even want to try to get this title, and he just goes off and like starts doing promotional stuff with like Kodak or something. Hangs out with Larry Sanders all day. I feel like the NBA is built a lot better than it was during Jordan's years, where. If LeBron goes, you still have so many other stars. Like when Michael left, popularity just pretty much plummeted. But if LeBron left, yeah, there'd be an impact and first take would just eat that up all day. But I still think that we'd survive without him. Yeah, I'll I'll disagree to an extent about that statement. Sorry, I, this is it's kind of it's a sh- small thing, but I think it's all about access to the players these days. Because I'd say in the '90s there were plenty of stars, fair, fair, yeah. but. Jordan was kind of that seminal figure who had all the endorsements, everything going forward. He was the focal point, and we didn't have the internet to be able to follow. And there wasn't as much need for kind of these uh, stars to kind of utilize advertisements and sponsorships and thing, things like that. So I'd say that kind of that's the main difference because I don't want to discredit the 90s had some mm-hmm. phenomenal basketball players. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. I think. Yeah, I know the 90s like were obviously had some pretty awesome players. I mean, there's so much that goes into like, you know, how players you can really you're given like this extra amount of access into their lives via Instagram, Twitter and uh, Facebook posts, all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty incredible now, like what you're able to really see. But uh, yeah, I guess like going back to the like the Rockets Cavs game, like it was like, it was like a pretty chippy game throughout. Like at one point, there was a uh, a moment where I think LeBron James like was on top of Patrick Beverly, and then they kind of got into a little bit of a scuffle. And then later on, there was a play where uh, James Harden was like laying on the ground, and LeBron James was like standing kind of over him or near him, and uh, James Harden just went for it and kicked LeBron in the balls, and uh, it resulted in a one game suspension for James Harden. So I was wondering, do you guys feel like that's like a pretty warranted uh suspension i think he's actually be serving it in the game against the hawks so uh what do you guys think about that that's fair one game i mean it should probably be more just because it was on purpose but right it's hard though yeah yeah exactly and the mvb can't be uh suspending him for too long we need the that uh cash money that he brings <laughs> and i mean like going back to that 
with James Harden, you would think that he'd be ejected right away from that game if he's getting a suspension in the next one, but you can see how the NBA want to keep him in just to make the game more interesting. Uh, I think a one-game suspension is, is all right for Harden. I'd, I'd rather see a little bit more, but, I mean, LeBron didn't seem that hurt, so whatever. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you have to consider, like, in the playoffs last year when there was that uh, Nene shove, and I got him, like, a one-game suspension or whatever. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It makes me wonder if, like, not to say, oh, one-game suspension isn't warranted. Because, I, you know, I, I'm inclined to agree. Like, yeah, you should probably punish the guy for doing that or whatever. But, like, at the same token, I don't know if it's really as a... Not say as big of a deal, but it's more, it's more of, like, a player It's a regular season. Thing. It's a right. regular season game. That's like, I mean. Yeah, no, definitely. That completely makes sense. I think it's weird, though, how uh, after that happened, everyone was, like... Like, everyone was obviously mad, right? And then uh, the other side of the conversation was like, but you guys wanted all the hardcore basketball from the 90s. And it's like, <laughs> wait, uh, this is not what Bill Ambeer used to do. <laughs> like, yeah, we were... did, but it wasn't like just straight up kicking a dude in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's what, like, I don't know. It's one thing if James Harden, like, got up and just kind of shoved him or something like that. And like, yeah. And it, but it was just like, it was a cheap shot. And it was just kind of like lame to see, <laughs> like. It's like it's one of those things that if this was the WWF, the the ref would have to be looking away. Right. Are that. we already yeah. going to this dude? Yes. Yeah. We've made yeah, it right. to... as <laughs> much as possible. Yeah, let's try to swing some like nineties WWE talk or WWF, I guess, talk as much <laughs> as we can. It's completely derail it. Exactly. Players should have their own intro music when they come out of the tunnel. Everyone should have their <laughs> My own. My God, it's James Harden's music. Yeah. <laughs> My God, it's James Harden coming down with a chair. <laughs> <laughs> Steel chair. God, that would result in some uh, some pretty nasty injuries. Some actually entertaining basketball. In uh, yeah, right. Some actually hardcore basketball. <laughs> LeBron oh, yeah. James just joins the other team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a heel turn. I mean, that's kind of you know when you think about it, the uh, the decision was basically his own pay per view, except that he, people weren't paying to view it. But uh, that was kind of his heel turn because like so often in wrestling, their whole thing is like you know a big pay per view or like. Something like that is when a uh, a wrestler will turn from being like a good guy to a bad guy. So I don't know. That's effectively what happened, I guess. Really, <laughs> Vince McMahon is writing the NBA. <laughs> Imagine if like Vince McMahon is like he comes out and he reveals it was him doing the whole thing. Adam Silver <laughs> takes off his mask and it's Vince McMahon. Ah, right. That's how it works. <laughs> what I love is how organically that actually flowed to like where we got that. <laughs> I think Jeff is the new soundboard guy. Sorry, I think, John. No, yeah, no, he uh, he nailed that. I'm, I'm proud of him. He got the comedic timing. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Justin. Yes. You want to talk about some uh, injury stuff going on with a particular team right now? A team near and dear to your heart? No? <laughs> what team? <laughs> what team would that be? Chicago Bulls, obviously. Oh, uh, you mean... You mean the closest team to my heart, yeah. which is obviously the Toronto Raptors. No, I'm oh, of course, right? <laughs> we the North. Hey, we yeah. the North. Um, but yeah, the Bulls. What the hell is going on? Like Jimmy Butler is out like three to four weeks now. Powell has been sick a lot. It's basically uh, Nico versus everybody right now. Yeah, seriously. Now on, now on iTunes. Nico is taking the world <laughs> on. Danny Brown. <laughs> so exactly. So, yeah, I mean, you have, like, Derrick Rose out, obviously, for a couple more weeks. I mean, it's 
Well, the earliest they'll be, there'll be like six games left in the season at at latest. There'll be like three left in the season or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And now Jimmy Butler gets injured and it's a three to six week injury deal. So, I mean, obviously you're hoping he comes back within three weeks, four weeks, but you never know, I guess. And even he in an interview today was saying like, I got to kind of watch over myself for these next couple of weeks and like make sure I'm going through all the steps I need to get myself back up to being a player. I know I can't do that conspiracy theory here. Should we be thinking that the Bulls front office purposefully injured Butler and paid DeAndre Jordan millions of dollars to injure him so they wouldn't have to pay him as much in the (laughs) offseason? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. All right, let's get out the the tinfoil hats and uh, start trying to figure out what's going on. We can dive into it. We should just do a whole episode on NBA conspiracy theories. Why not? Oh, I'd be down. I'd make up those storylines on an everyday basis. Me and my roommate just have fun, like, looking at body language and then for, like, <laughs> making up, like, a year down the road how they hate each other. And Just, what was your, uh, your Tony Snell story about what he does on the bench? Oh, yeah. My conspiracy <laughs> is that he just smokes weed on the bench and everybody is really uncomfortable sometimes. But they, they like, ask him to stop and he's just like, no. Yes. Comes to the game, and now he comes to the game, and he scores like eighteen points, and he's just <laughs> like, all right, it's okay. <laughs> Everyone's like super uncomfortable. Like, is Tony is Tony still so smoking right now? And he's just like <laughs> pulls out the vape pen. And just... <laughs> I mean, all I'm saying is, are we sure that people on the Bulls would be that uncomfortable with it? Okay, Joakim would not be. Pow. Yeah. Let's be uh, honest. He, he's broken down feel, a few times. I in can his feel day. Pop doing it. Yeah. Plus, he was in. Yeah, he was in California. Isn't like we basically. Legal and he wanted to be a doctor, so he's got that that medical. Oh license yeah, too. there you go. And, he, like, and just smarter people are more likely to recreationally use drugs, and he's Kirk, very intelligent. Kirk he uses the goggles. Dude. He uses the goggles to hide his eyes. So there's <laughs> that. Right. Yeah. Low key though, I have heard stories from Kirk's uh, Kansas days. <laughs> and that's the, apparently he he enjoyed smoking a little too much. We'll put it that way. I was I gonna feel- say Kirk is trying to snitch. Yeah, basically <laughs> going to it's like you wouldn't believe what they're doing. You wouldn't. Believe I can see it. that too. And no, that, just that's like Doug. shut up. That's Dougie. That's McDermott. He's been. Yeah, he's, been a, he's had his dad as his coach all his life. He <laughs> Will you give me minutes, coach? Please. I'll, I'll take some I have secrets. some information for minutes. Gosh, yeah, yeah. Make a even exchange there. But yeah, so the Bulls are kind of screwed right now, it seems. I mean, I'm not saying that they're uh, they're completely doomed for the next at least three weeks, but uh, when you're missing Butler, Rose, and Paj, uh, you're, I don't know, you're really not, not in much of a good place, especially considering how Brooks has uh, performed since uh, Rose went down. It's been kind of... Three words and I'm done. Aaron and Etwan. I think could... so. Yeah. I could mm. do that. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, to be fair, I don't care how the Bulls play in these next few games because everyone's injured, you know? It's not a big deal if they lose. But I just want to see each one more, Nico, and Doug McDermott get minutes. That's all I want to see. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, can you gotta, do that, I'll be happy. You guys, think... can I... Sorry, go uh, okay, no, this is all you, John. Oh, no, no, no. I want you to go. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to transition away because <laughs> I wanted to remind you guys this isn't a Bulls podcast. I was going to say, NBA. I mean, yeah, you no, got to exactly. chill with this shit. We got, uh, for, the, uh, for the remainder of the episode, I'm looking at the notes, and I don't think we actually have anything Bulls-related coming up, so I think we're... So shove it down their throats right now. Yes, <laughs> trying to get it all. Yeah, if anyone's still listening, well, sorry, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I see one more thing for news. I used to take it. Flade Divac. 
Vice President of Basketball and Franchise Operations in Sacramento. I liked him as a player. I don't know about him as an executive. I don't know much about him. He had a cool documentary with 30 for 30. So from that assessment alone, I think he's going to succeed. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of cool that him, he's going to be the vice president and Shaquille O'Neal is part owner. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, bring yeah. old big men. Exactly. That's what Vivek is trying to do. Just bring all the big men. They you should, know, George Carr should steal uh, Patrick as an assistant coach. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got to ask, what? Because like, the arena in Sacramento is a sleep train arena. A fucking sleep train. It's just how you feel when you watch a King's game. It's a cross-country railroad system that never actually became a thing. And they, it was designed so all each like compartment, the bench actually folded out into multiple beds so you just could sleep the entire time. I really is, want to is believe this true? you. I want to believe you so much. He right says now. so like confidently. I think it's true. But he he even said he makes up like weird NBA storylines with his like friends. And stuff. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, I, I can trust him. I believe him. It's it's not real. I, believe I knew it. Whatever, if you say with enough vigor, I'll believe anything. That's not, that, a, that's that's not a good thing to live I life with. It, it made sense too. You know, the name worked, but. Um, and there have been multiple times of a cross-country or multiple rumors of cross-country railroad systems that have fallen apart. So I figured it was believable. So with my quick like technical prowess, I was able to look up what sleep train exactly is. <laughs> Google. That's and technical prowess right there. It's, it's like a mattress center where you can buy mattresses. Oh. So I guess like the name makes sense like well enough. I mean, How could a mattress center like afford to own an arena though? Yeah, like, a, like a huge like... Like mattress giant owns like something. <laughs> They're a mattress monopoly. Yeah, seriously. Ah, oh, goodness. Javel McGee is no longer a 76er, you guys. Oh, is that breaking? No, it's not breaking. It's oh. it's just something we didn't have in our notes, and I just thought about now that it was kind of important. So yeah, Javel McGee is no longer a 76er. It seemed like the writing was kind of the wall. Like when initially the. Uh, some of the front office guys for the 76ers. Was it like some front office guys or was it their coach? I don't remember who, but very publicly stated. I'm not going to say what kind of player JaVale McGee is. I guess the opinion of him wasn't particularly high uh, going into that whole deal. So now he is available. Any team can pick him up. So I was wondering, where do you guys think that JaVale McGee should go? Or where do you, because it seems like already the Mavs are an option. A lot of people are saying the Mavericks have a, a good yeah, shot at getting him. Right. right, so. Bucks. I'm thinking Bucks. About length? Yeah, so much length. That team can hug the world. The thing is, they don't have a center, so having like just anybody Seriously. would be great for them. Yeah, because we were but, talking about that earlier, because they don't have Larry Sanders anymore, obviously, so yeah. like you kind of need somebody. Because Henson <laughs> has to be playing center right now, I think. Yeah. Yes, and Henson's a fucking joke. You don't like Aww. Henson? I think okay. I think he is so soft, and he has no business playing center. I think, especially listening to this, I have a cloud of you because I'm in Bucks country, and the Bucks fans are just unnecessarily high on him, and they think that he is like such a great player. He's and they just look at his potential and look at his length and say, "Oh, he's got to be good." When really, if you watch him play, he is one of the softest players I've ever seen. Ball. Jeez. Very strong words. You do no regard like, for Henson's life. You do not <laughs> like Henson one bit. I think it's really only because I have all these Bucks fans around me and they're constantly trying to hype him up and saying how great he is and how he's like this great 
like you know peace and he's like they're forming their team around him and i just think that's <laughs> asinine why would I you mean, form a team around him yeah there's obviously Giannis and stuff but like especially once you know like this is before, this is even pre-jabari but i'm saying like you know they see him as this like future starter on a contending team uh, and then you watch him play and he gets like a fucking rebound in a game he gets one rebound against the bulls one yeah I and always, he, was, he played like 30 fucking minutes. Sorry, that's a lot of F-bombs, but you know, it's he just okay. pisses me off. It's funny because I like only really know about him from like the, <laughs> the Bucks games that I've watched, but also kind of just like through like fantasy basketball, like looking at like <laughs> Roto-Wire or Roto-World or whatever the hell it's called now. I just like through that, I'll see like them like do a little blurb. I'm like, yeah, he had a really good showing the other night. And uh, considering how thin the books are right now for bigs, it's, uh, he's a valuable pickup, I think. So, until he doesn't get a rebound for you, and he's a f- big man playing center uh, for 30 minutes on a team in like sixth place, and wait, wait until that fantasy showing happens, then you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, goodness. deep breaths, Grant. Deep breaths. It'll <laughs> oh, yeah. be over I, soon. It seems completely like logical, and I, I understand the the frustration. I can only imagine. I imagine like also the trade deadline was pretty. Pretty bonkers for you. Yeah, from your right? perspective, Grant, what do you think about losing Knight and getting Carter Williams? I think it was funny how quickly people turned away from Brandon Knight. It should have been an all-star, too. Cool, we have the previous rookie of the year. Like, I'm with you on that, dude. pretty much what happened. And everyone's like, no, the Bucks were never going to match his contract anyways. They had, you know, they, he was not part of the future. Whereas a week before, they were crying because Kyle Korver got in the All-Star game instead of Brandon Knight. <laughs> right. Which, there's, you know, it's a valid argument. It's nothing against Brandon Knight. It's just, I don't know, Bucks fans this season have been kind of annoying, <laughs> to be honest. I just, it's like this is an NBA podcast, and, and we're, we're alienating out. like half of our audience. Yeah. yeah, Bucks fans, I, you guys are super chill. I'm just gonna even this out real quick. Oh <laughs> no, like Bucks fans, they're, they're not bad. Like I mean, and to to give them credit, most of the Bucks fans I'm talking about were actual Bucks fans uh, last season and the year before. Like they watched the game. Um, this is the, these are honestly the, the biggest thing to me was the whole John Henson debate. That's why I got frustrated. I've actually yeah, had yeah. that recently with them. But the trade deadline, I understand why they feel as they do because at this point, you just you have to accept what happened and just look at all the. And they, they, you know, they brought up Jason Kidd argument and, you know, he, Jason Kidd can now mold, you know, a 6'6 point guard after himself and, and Jason Kidd's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So, and he's proven that he can, you know, he, he, he can at least develop players uh, a little bit and he's done a lot of great things with this team. I think he, he should be in the discussion for coach of the year. So all those things are valid and that goes into the whole trade deadline aspect of it. I think what they're most disappointed about is finding out that it was uh, Miles Plumley instead of Mason. Right, yeah. <laughs> that amount that of disappointment. That, yeah. No, for half a day, uh, one of my buddies thought it was Mason, and he was super stoked. And, like, all about it. He's like, yeah, no, we got Plumley. It's great. I'm like, yeah, you know it's the one from Phoenix, right? Like, the old one who's been around for a while. That's like, he's a decent role player, but, like, it, it's not a franchise center like the younger brother could be. And then he's like, wait, really? And I was like, yep. Was like, no All right, well, this is yeah. this is a little different then. So I don't know. That's kind of how the trade deadline looked. But as they should be, they are still optimistic because again, like they are building for the future. 
I was just disappointed because I think it robs us of a good first round matchup. I think the Bucks were kind of a, a dark horse to possibly upset, uh, a, you know, a top four team in the in the first round. I think right. they had that capability. They're playing really well as a team. Their defense was really was you know on point. They're all doing all the right things. And now I think getting rid of Brandon Knight, I believe the the second we see MCW step on a playoff court, he is going to fold. And yeah. it's going to be like he's not even out there. He's going to be a complete sieve the entire series. And I think the whole team is just really going to suffer. And they basically, I think they, whereas before I thought they could take a team to a game seven, I think they'd be lucky to win a game in a playoff series. Oh, that's yeah. rough. That's why you need to get JaVale. You need, you need a center in this league. JaVale would be a good addition for them. Um, I think that is kind of one of the more logical uh, that in Dallas kind of makes the most sense. I think he'd probably choose Milwaukee because he's going to get more minutes. But if I'm being honest, I I don't think Javel should really even play this season again. I think mm-hmm. we're too late in the season to really add someone like him that you know is going to take time to actually like understand the system and really be effect an effective contributor uh, to your team. Like that's why people who were calling him for to be on the Bulls, I think that's stupid because yeah. it would take him until uh-huh. you know the conference finals to figure out his playbook and he'll get no minutes and he'll waste away on the bench and i think that's going to happen in a lot of teams and even in dallas like we see what's happening with rondo and carlisle because rondo isn't playing his system imagine if javel mcgee had to go learn an entire system like <laughs> yeah, that was a fun player but it's it's known he's not smart and he, he you know, he, he needs to just be a guy that's going to use his athleticism, get up and down the court, and that's what a team like the Bucks does. Like He can play defense, he can get up and down the court, he can run a fast break, but that's pretty much it. He's not going to be able to learn a system and actually contribute effectively, I don't think. Yeah, it's one of those things, actually, bringing up the uh, Rick Harlow and Rondo thing, I actually kind of wanted to dive into that. Like, I only really saw like the Vine video of them like arguing or whatever. So, On like, the bench, right? Yeah, right, exactly. So like, I wonder, like, what exactly had happened in the game prior to that? Did anyone watch it or, like, get any more information about that kind of? Or is it still just a mystery? I think it's a mystery. I think also what people aren't realizing is this was not just that Vine video behind closed mm-hmm. doors. They have been arguing. This isn't one of those situations where they just blew up once at each other and then they suspended Rondo game. I'm sure there's lots of behind the behind closed doors arguments and meetings and rondo probably acting up and i think this is another battle of the egos right and unfortunately rondo is one of the most egotistical players and it serves him well because that's why you know he can turn it on in a second and play be playoff rondo and you know just fuck around and get a triple double like it's, right. you know, he's, <laughs> in, seriously though he can do uh, that yeah, yeah you're right you're right you're right and i so the ego helps him but in this situation i think it really hurts him because he went to a new situation and instead of immediately going i'm a part of this team i'm here to win i'm here to do all the little things what's going on what do you need for me i think he came in there saying i'm rajon freaking rondo i you know i've been all nba multiple times you know i was on a i've won a championship i've been in the conference final i know what i'm doing that's that and right. i think that's why him and carlisle but it heads because carlisle was like no we have a system we have a we have, and we have a proven system We've got people that that know what they're doing, that do their jobs. Monte Ellis is here as a ball dominant guard. We got Dirk, who is you know gonna is a first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, Finals MVP. We've got all these pieces in place, and you need to come in and you need to work with it. And I think Rondo came in there with a completely different mindset, and I think that's what kind of brought them to blows or to metaphorical blows. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where I mean, like the the Mavs. I think after acquiring Rondo, like that was such a huge, huge deal. I mean, considering during the off season that they had gotten uh, Chandler Parsons, Tyson and Chandler him for basically nothing, like, right? And that's the other thing that I'm that I think frustrates me about this whole Rondo trade is people are acting like Brendan Wright was this you know amazing bench player. Yeah. No, he he knew the Mavs system and was playing very effectively in his role. He was a great bench player for them, but it's not like they gave up, you know, Tyson Chandler to get Rondo. No, th- they gave up their yeah. bench big, who they should be able to probably go out, find a free agent who can come in and kind of do things that Brendan Wright's doing. That's why, you know, if that's why kind of Javel, he fits that really, he's lengthy and he can dunk the ball, which is basically all Brendan Wright did while he right. was with the Mavs. He just did it really well because they were had they had a historically great offense. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm thinking that um remember there was a story before this story broke out where it was just like a fun story where uh Rondo had whipped Rick Carlisle in uh Game of Connect four. So I'm gonna say <laughs> oh, that that's where it all started. That yeah, all stems. It all started and ended with that one Connect four game. You gotta I definitely buy into that argument. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta wonder, kind of like, I mean, this is <laughs> no. a board game. Like, you know, it happens. I like, are they gonna have like a makeup game of like Clue or something, where like the whole team kind of bonds together? <laughs> like, sorry, this is something a little more challenging <laughs> than Connect Freaking Four. Like, yeah. I don't get how Rondo still prides himself on being so great at that game. Like, He's I don't, a I don't killer, get it, dude. He's a killer. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> I mean the the Mavs are like. Just such an interesting team because, like, even like towards the beginning of the season, I was like very quick to say, like, oh yeah, they're going to totally get to the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally bought into it. But now I'm like, I'm not so sure. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think once it will. they got Rondo, and even before that, I was pretty sure they were top four, top three, maybe even top two team in the West. But once they got Rondo, it seemed all plummet. I don't, like, I don't, Right. I don't know if it was just their distribution with the ball, and they're just having trouble finding touches for everybody, getting people their positions. But it was one of those things where it worked on paper. But I'm not sure if it's working on the court right now. Right. Yeah. Like, and totally cut me off. I was like talking on my ass or something. But like, I feel like Dirk this season has obviously not been the Dirk that we all know and love. Not like he's a, he's like, <laughs> I hate him, dude. <laughs> you hate Dirk. No, like you know, you know what I mean, though. Where it's like he's not yeah, yeah. The, the Dirk that we all know. And Chandler Parsons hasn't exactly like performed up to I think what the expectations were for him. Even though I think he started off kind of slow, then he's he kind of picked he's it picked up. He picked it up a little bit, yeah. Has he? Okay. And then obviously Rondo right now, that whole uh, that situation is being kind of like up in the air. So yeah, I don't know. They're like one of those like, question mark teams. I think kind of like if they can get everything clicking when the playoffs hit, like they could be really dangerous. But like as of right now, they just don't seem like a team that really is that much of a force yeah, to be uh, think- reckoned with. I think they're either a playoff team or a next season team because at this point, the chemistry is just not there, and they're going to need to build that over the season. Hopefully, it works in the playoffs where they can upset a couple teams if they drop. But I'm thinking that they're going to do bigger things next season than this season. Yeah, no, definitely. But I guess like on that note, we should just uh, roll on to our next little segment, right? Let's do it, dude. Bro, okay with this? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so the uh, next segment we have is called "Don't Look Now, But with." three dots at the end wherein we uh kind of just pick a team a player an nba storyline that's playing out right now and it's uh you know it's kind of unexpected or it's like looking really really interesting so i'm just gonna throw it over to justin right now to take this on so what is your don't look now but 
And if you want to, you can preface what you say with "Don't look now, bud." To keep Don't do it, going. Do it. We need you to. Don't look now, butts. <laughs> like, like there's a comma in between "Don't look now" and butts. Butts. Calling you guys butts. Oh. Um, <laughs> On point, Justin. Ten out of ten. <laughs> explain the joke. Um, <laughs> so I was going to talk about Andrew Wiggins averaging eighteen point three points points in the last ten games. So obviously, this guy is the next goat. It's LeBron James. It's wait, who is he? He's but who, who is he? LeBron James. LeBron James. Oh, <laughs> so he's the next LeBron James. But twenty-five <laughs> points against. Wait, 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 hold on. I get. The... Were you not able to pull the link up exactly when you meant to? <laughs> wait, who is he? I think it's a bit of a failure. Who is he? <laughs> I was clicking on it, but I was, I was not I clicking on the play button. But all you're like. Fuck. Like, <laughs> under your breath, like, oh no. Oh no. It's yeah, over. In that moment, he knew that it was over. Uh, but yes, yeah, back to ahead. Andrew Wiggins, though. Back to Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins. He's playing really good. And mm-hmm. 25 points against the Grizzlies recently, and then 30 points against Houston. I'm like, I've been watching a little bit of these uh, Timberwolves games. Got it. They're, they're actually fun to watch. They Rudy are. Is playing good. <laughs> they got. Wiggins going for those alley-oops, Zach Levine just throwing it down on people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't really know how he's playing, though, but the highlights mm-hmm. for Zach Levine are fun. Zach um, Levine sucks. Is he really? Yeah, he's not that good. I, I mean, I think he's fun to watch, like, doing his dunks and shit. I think he is, like, he totally could be a, like, super competent and, like, really good player. But as of right now, I'm just kind of like, eh. I think that the Timberwolves are really in a situation where... There is a similar situation with the Bucks are in. It's where if they just keep their players, they don't lose them to poach. Oh, they don't just get poached. Mm-hmm. Then I think they'll be really good in a few years, especially like this type of offensive game. I didn't, I didn't think Wiggins was going to be this good. But like, even though he's not like LeBron James yet per se, it's still really damn good, especially offensively. That's, and if you think about yeah. it, he's doing this with Kevin Martin back in the lineup. So that's Wiggins yeah. still can still get his even though Kevin Martin's taking touches away from him. I mean, before that, he was on a really good run where he was, like, averaging 20 points a game in a month or whatever, but seeing 18.3 points in the last 10 games with Kevin Martin lineup is really encouraging to see out of him. Yeah, so I would say I'm convinced I was being a hater before, but I'm convinced that Andrew Wiggins, Rookie of the Year, though Nikola Miritic, Wookie of the Year, in my opinion. I think that's fair. I love that you were able to throw that in because, like, right before the show, you were throwing out like, "I really want to find a way to drop this joke, but <laughs> able to do it." Therefore, I am absolutely proud of you. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Ayush, what do you have for your "Don't look now, but"? Don't look now, but the Wizards are struggling. They, they played are. twelve games in February, and they only won three out of those twelve games. Um, you're looking at them from last season. They weren't exactly dominant, but. They kicked our ass, the Bulls. So what do you guys think? Do you think Whitman's gone? I've been hearing rumors about maybe Mike Malone coming in. I don't know who other coaches who might fit their their system, but I think they need a coaching change as soon as possible because they're not doing anything big in the playoffs at this point. Man, that's rough because I don't really know, like, what you do with Whitman. Like, on one hand, you have, like, that's the part of me that, like, isn't, cool because like, i get like i don't know, I get sentimental about shit like that where it's like you have a coach who's really really good and he's kind of gone through a lot with this team that uh struggled for a while then yeah. you know kind of turned it on the last like two seasons and uh you know yeah you gotta wonder really what's gonna happen with this team like 
Like, what would you really place their struggles on as of lately? Uh, there's just their offense is so stagnant nowadays. I just can't. They're not scoring well. They're subpar mm-hmm. field goal percentage. I think defensively they're still holding it down, but offensively right. they're, they're not be- being able to create something, which is pretty concerning when you have a player like John Wall on your team who can do so much. Is Bradley Beal still injured? I remember he was injured. He recently came back, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. I say, that has to be part of like why things weren't like looking so hot for them for a while was that they were missing Bradley Beal. But I mean, even then, it's like. I don't know. It seems like like I'd have to look at their uh, record during the stretch that you mentioned to see yeah, like, who mean, they're facing. And if you're losing, the, like, go ahead. This is partly my fault because I didn't exactly look at their matchups. So they might be facing really good teams, and I'm blowing this out of proportion. But right now, it's not looking so hot for them. Yeah, but even like when you're facing some of those like really good teams, like I mean, obviously it's probably a mix of some like, junk teams that they could have <laughs> lost to during that stretch, and like even during against like when you're playing against like the really good teams, like you gotta kind of like be able to pull through and like mm-hmm. win some of those games, you know. Even if it's just John Wall going nuts, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to be actual championship contenders, you need to be able to fight out of a, a deficit when your back's against the wall. Yeah, the Wizards, <laughs> the wall. <laughs> And the Wizards haven't been able to do that. Yeah, you gotta wonder, like, do you think they're missing Trevor Ariza right now? Or, Nick, do you think it's not like, really that much of it? He's not that much of a um, difference maker? Because they have, what, Paul Pierce now, right? Yeah, but Ariza's been struggling with the, the Rockets recently. Well, actually, for the whole season. Right. I, think, I think the scoring output they're getting from Paul Pierce is perfectly fine, but obviously that wing defense is, is troubling. But right. as I said earlier, it's their offense that really needs a bigger boost than their defense. So I don't really think that Ariza's a huge factor for them for my uh don't look now but i have there is a tight race going on right now for the worst team in the nba <laughs> so obviously this plays into the uh draft coming up this year is uh whichever team does the worst obviously gets the most of the little lotto balls and etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's currently between the new york knicks who are uh not doing particularly well as everyone knows they've won uh 20.7% of their games. The 76ers have won 21.7% of their games, which is really kind of miraculous when you think about it, considering the fact that they just kind of like throw out like random players on the court any given night, and the fact that they just traded uh, one of their best uh, players, Michael Carter-Williams. And then the Timberwolves are at 22%. So, uh, you know, it's not a huge shock to see the Timberwolves kind of resting at the very bottom of that group. I mean, considering they had Kevin Martin out for a uh, for a good amount of time, then Ricky Rubio is obviously injured throughout the they season. They traded uh, Goat Thad Young, so... They traded Goat Thad Young. They traded Mo Williams. Oh, yeah. That and they Hornets. So, yeah, it's like, it's one of those things where, like, that team's kind of gone through so many ups and downs. I mean... All those guys, I have to say, the Timberwolves probably have the brightest future. 76ers, maybe, but... They'll probably trade away all their assets again. The Knicks, the Knicks are yeah. screwed. And like what? Yeah, what? What are the Knicks anymore? Like I really don't know. Like what is going on with that team, and like what the, the plan is moving forward. I, don't, I mean, they're chokehold by Melo's salary, and honestly, I don't blame him for taking the money. It's his life. He wanted to keep his family in New York. He wanted that cash. That's fine. Probably. But, but the Knicks, I don't really see a future for them. I'm, Phil Jackson has not been impressing me as an executive. Let me just say that. They need a free agency to come by again. I'm surprised they didn't make any real deadline trades. They have no one to trade. Exactly. So yeah. they need free agency to come by. 
And I think that's where all their hope is right now. Yeah. They're really hoping for free agency. And yeah. I, remember, I was I was reading uh, something from a Knicks beat writer there. It was like uh, Jimmy Butler is mm-hmm. like interested in going to the Knicks. That was like his second team. And I was like, I went to the Knicks sub subreddit, and I was like, they were all very hopeful. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was, down like, very, all I was very like angry from afar. Yeah. And, um, but the thing is, they were also being realistic about it to, to in their uh, defense in that they realized they would have to offer him like a ridiculous amount of money and the Bulls can just match it on the last day. Yeah. So it's it's very it's gonna be interesting. I would be very sad if Jimmy Butler went to the Knicks. Even though I do kind of like the Knicks, I would be very angry. I if, be... if the front office lets Tibbs go and Jimmy Butler go in the same offseason I can't do it anymore. Absolute train wreck. Yeah, you know, if that happens, I mean, a lot of Chicago fans to be going through uh, some pretty uh, dangerous thoughts, I think, to be honest you can't, with you. Like, you it's just bad, can't let bad. this kind of guy go when you know that Rose's future. Uh, I'm not going to say it's in the balance, but it's definitely not as certain as it was once. Yeah, I would. We, I think we it's fair to say Butler. it's in balance. I think it's. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's not it's fair, but I love Rose, so I won't say. It. I mean, the thing is, it's not like you're saying, "Oh, it's in the shitter already." Yeah. Like, it's it's kind. Of, we have to see how he comes back. That's how it is with this. Is years, like a make or break. Totally. Couple of years this year and next season is. We need to see him do something. Exactly. Yeah. That's fair. So, uh, Grant, unfortunately, kind of dropped off. It looks like. Um, Connection hopefully, issues. yeah. Hopefully, Whatever. he comes back. Hopefully, he can come back for the next segment. But uh, so I guess uh, someone should just read off his little "Don't look now." But so I you're the host. Wanna... You're yeah, the so host. yeah, yeah. Fuck, I'll do it. So uh, <laughs> don't look now. But the Pacers are only a game out of seventh place, and Paul George is practicing fully with the team. Interesting. So I mean, Paul George, I think going to season. Did anyone here really anticipate that he would come back for the regular season? I I didn't think so. I... I didn't think they'd be competing as well as they have been. I mean, seventh place is obviously not that great, but for mm. their team, I, I think that's a pretty solid area to be at. Yeah. But I expect them to be way out of the playoff picture. They should just shut them down for the whole season. But, I mean, if Larry Bird and Paul George are in the same boat, uh, yeah, exactly, if they're in the same <laughs> boat, then, yeah, sure, yeah. I'm fine with seeing Then maybe they take out the Hawks for us. That'll be nice. That's the thing, though, is that... I'm also very surprised they did as well. They lost most of their superstars and that they were left with Roy zero for zero for zero. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm surprised they're doing as well as they are. I'm very happy for them. I like Sloan. I like how they play. I think they're still a dangerous team. George Hill got triple-double, which is cool. Yeah, George Hill is pretty... I like him. He looks like handsome Squidward. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, honestly, I'm not surprised that he came back as recently as he did, as he did, because it was only a bone injury. Yeah, exactly. Injuries, bone injuries are like the, the bones are very uh, what's the word cardiovascular, so right. they're the most likely to heal. So like, if it was a ligament tear or something, that would have been pretty undope, pretty pretty scary. But yeah, I'm happy, I'm happy he's coming back. I, I hope that they do well. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. Like, it'd be really cool to see them make like, a really strong uh, playoff push. Let's just see, yeah. if, let's see if they could do it. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I think any expectations of them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals or hell, even, like, semifinals are kind of, like, out the window, I think, you, anyway. Personally, I feel that way. They're in, like, the opposite of a catch-22 right now. They're, win- they're winning. As long as Paul George is healthy, 
they're winning. Because even if they don't play good, it's like uh, most of the season was over anyways. And if they play good, it's like, oh, my God, you know? But they're in a win-win situation. Right? I got you. As long yeah. as he's playing. And, I mean, they're, 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 the state and their team has a pretty good culture with basketball. So I can see them really competing. And Although they don't have a lot of sh- shot creators on the team anymore with George Beck. I think they could take the Hawks to five, six games. They could take us to seven. I can see it happening. <laughs> like, despite the fact that we previously were like, yeah, we and us refers to the Bulls, it still persists. I, I'm sorry. It's dude, understandable. No, it completely My fandom sense. is just front strong. <laughs> you you, put, you <laughs> I put bleed red. Legions. Very I bleed yuck. red like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. So, yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, great damn. segue. We're going to talk all about some uh, notable great stat lines uh, that I've noticed. So, yeah, this is called the Oh Damn st- uh, segment of the show, wherein we kind uh, of look at like, different stat lines that have been going on that we have found to be relatively fascinating and all that fun stuff. So, Ayush, what is your Oh Damn stat line? DeAndre Jordan does not make sense. Ever since Griffin has been out, he's been killing it on the glass. I think against the Bulls, he had 24 boards, if I'm not mistaken. And through the last 10 games, averaging 16 points and 19 boards. Um, one issue is the 40% from the free throw line, but with what he's doing right now, you just can't really fault him for anything. I think they should just trade Blake Griffin and build around DeAndre Jordan. Just yeah. let it happen. Do you genuinely think that, or no, are you, I, was, I was like, okay, I hope you're being facetious. But I hope that somehow he can like still average like twelve points, like thirteen to fourteen boards with Blake Griffin back in the lineup because, goddamn, dude, he's killing it. Yeah, I, I really like DeAndre Jordan's play this series. He's hustling. Dude's just hustling when he's on the court. It's so much effort in getting those boards, and just because I think since Blake's out, he has to make up yeah. a lot of missing space. So he's just, he's going hard in a lot of those games. And I remember when um, Doc Rivers compared him to Bill Russell and everyone thought he was crazy. <laughs> I don't think it's that crazy anymore. Yeah, seriously. It's starting to not look like it's that absurd of a uh, comparison, really. Yeah, it's just, goddamn DeAndre, goddamn. Goddamn is right. Oh, damn! <laughs> 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 so delayed. So Justin, hit me with your oh, damn stat line. Uh, mine is very... Very small, very small sample size. It was very just small. that James Harden had a bad game against the Nets. He only had 15 points and was 4 for 15 shooting, but he went 7 for 7 from the line. So it's even like really worse than what you would expect. And just a very random bad game against the Nets, who really aren't contending this year. But then, like, if you look at it, it's like a sandwich between like really good game. The Nets game, and then another really good game. It was just very. I thought it was intriguing that he had like a almost a uh, what's the word I want to look for a human like game. Yeah, right. The game where he came back down to earth and was like <laughs> performing like a like an actual human being would. Yeah, so it was, I thought that was interesting. It's not really obviously not telling of anything about his MVP race or anything like that, but I thought it was like very random. I mean, since just talking about the MVP race, fuck it. Thoughts? What do you guys think? Who's Thoughts. who's the leaders for the for the MVP award? Oof. You gotta give it. I mean, it's like what? As of right now, I think uh, the general consensus is like Curry, Harden, Westbrook, Bron, Bron, 
Braun, Braun. Why not? Sure. Fuck it. My boy, Mark Gasol. Anyone? I would, dude's killing it. I'd be very happy to see Marcus Gasol get there, but I do not think he's going to get the MVP. If he gets like second or third, oh, oh yeah. yeah, because yeah, Mark's killing it. Yeah, no, he really <coughs> is. He's performing <laughs> exceptionally well on that team. The people I really want to see is Russell Westbrook if he continues to play like triple double best Brook. I hope that I, I'd be really happy if he won. I really like Russell Westbrook, but besides him. Seems hearted. I think that's fair. Yeah. I just feel like the Thunder don't have that high of a seed, dude. Like, if you look at the history of the MVP award, only one person has won won the MVP award with their team being lower than the second seed, and that was Michael Jordan. I if think I, that it. I think Jordan. that if you're in the playoff picture, that's fair. But if you're yeah. not, then you then you can't be MVP because you're not even making the playoffs. I don't know, man. I, as much as I'd like to see it, if it's not translating into wins, which is not totally his fault. Actually, it's not really his fault at all, but. Because he was injured a lot this year, too. Yeah, right. and he, his team has not been picking up what it's, he can't do. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't think he should get it. Totally one of those things. Like, if you kind of, like, single-handedly, I'm not saying that he's the only player who's, like, gotten the team back mm-hmm. in a playoff contention, considering that Durant, obviously, when he came back. or Because uh, he's injured still currently, right? With the yes. foot thing. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, considering, like, that basically Russell Westbrook in the last couple of games, I mean, he's out right now with, like, a... Right, it's like cheek got hit with something. I don't know. Zygomatic Ro- Roberson, like, need so, him in the face. Yeah, so considering the fact that like, basically Westbrook has put this team on his back and just gone hard, like, it's pretty incredible all the stat lines he's putting up. So, I mean, I think he definitely is uh, he's in there for the can as a candidate, even if they get like the eighth seed, seventh seed for the uh, playoffs. I mean, he's averaging like 26.7 boards and eight assists, so. The guy's going nuts. <laughs> he's, it doesn't make sense. It's completely yes. absurd. He's the he's the person who's five inches shorter and like sixty pounds lighter than LeBron. He's putting up LeBron type numbers. That's just that's insane. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean James Harden will probably win, but I'd be very happy if Russell Westbrook win wins because he's playing like Oscar Robinson out here. It's crazy. It's, you just don't see that anymore. Yeah, insane. It's, John, it's, how about how about your old damn stat? Let me hear it. My uh, my old damn stat line actually goes to Ricky Rubio. Of all players. Tricky right? so, Ricky, dude? Tricky Ricky got a triple-double last night against the Clippers where he had 18 points, 12 boards, and 11 assists. Damn! Only out-rebounded by DeAndre Jordan. Damn, son. Where like, you know, this? <laughs> it's insane. Like, the fact that he somehow was able to out-rebound the bigs for the Timberwolves and then also... Uh, just was like one or no, was this the same game where um KG got ejected? Uh, I'm trying to think. No, it was not. The game uh. KG got ejected from was the one prior, I believe. Well, damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm very surprised. Damn! Both rebounds. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's that really insane. good. Yeah, no, it makes me really happy to see whenever he has like a really good game because I'm uh, I like the Timberwolves. I don't know. It's one of those things that I think I can see it, dude. Yeah. I know it's obvious, but apparently it is. Did we did we already give Grants, which is basically Russell Westbrook's stat uh, line, or someone want to drop that? We pretty much talked about it. 30 yeah. points, 9 boards, 10 assists. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, oh yeah. damn. Oh and, damn is um, right. His all-star game was insane as well. Yeah. Oh damn, Russell Westbrook. Oh damn. Oh damn. I think he's the... Uh, he's He has to be the winner of the oh damn stat line yeah, this week. For this, for this week, definitely. Yeah, dude. I feel like, you know... Oh, damn. We, 
we should seriously make the uh the oh damn stat line like an ongoing thing where we is kind of uh we keep track of whoever we can kind of come to a consensus had the best oh damn stat line for us all right sure oh there damn russell westbrook oh damn yeah oh damn that, that's that's our like thing whenever he wins it yeah oh damn russell westbrook oh damn oh damn nice solemn sounding really oh damn russell westbrook oh damn that's kind of soulful I could take that. You want hip hop, dude? I can give you hip hop. I can't give you hip hop. <laughs> let's let's hit up that final segment then. Yeah. Right? So final segment, since we all gotta move on, our lives, basketball. It's so, my favorite sport. I like it when we dribble up and down the court. I, I like so. I'm okay with that too. Bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Exclusive right. for the podcast. Dude, find me on iTunes. Oh. If you're hearing this, is too late. <laughs> Quit, like, <laughs> A <laughs> quick, really stupid thing. I used to work at a Borders, the bookstore. Oh, yeah. And then it got shut down because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was, like, a, we had an open mic night thing that was basically going on, like, on, like, every Saturday or something, or, like, the second Saturday of every month where you could come and bring guitar, bring in, like, your stupid stand-up routine that's not funny and, like... Damn, kinda, dude, <laughs> you should be supporting dude, these people. It's not, actually, I'm going to go into two stories about this. So there was one that was, like, a kid who played, like, Dave Matthews covers, basically. <laughs> And he's like chilled and he wore he, like it was sort of like the guy that you thought would do that. He's just wearing sandals and like Yeah, like, <laughs> that was like in a, my head perfectly. Like a polo and like some shorts and he was be sitting there playing like Dave Matthews covers. And like out of nowhere, he straight up just goes like, Oh yeah, if you want to, you can search for me on iTunes. You can download some of these. And I'm like, You're basically making well, trying to make money off of you covering Dave Matthews songs. Dude, um, What's that one song? Five AM in Toronto. I was looking it up, and there's 14 different versions of it with just random dudes singing it, and I couldn't even <laughs> find the Drake one. So everyone's making that cash money off of Drake and other yeah. and, and Dave Matthews, dude. Goodness, yeah. Drake <laughs> and Dave Matthews just collaborate. <laughs> Covered this, bitch. God. So okay, so other stupid story that I'll go into as quickly as I can. There was a guy who was probably middle age, like 55, 60, who. Uh, at, I feel like something must have just gone terribly wrong in his life, like at a certain point, because he decided that he really, really wants to pursue stand up comedy. And apparently, a good place to get your Better break. Better than Chappelle. Yeah, right. So apparently, his like, goal was to start pursuing stand up comedy and perform in, uh, in a Borders bookstore in uh, the suburbs of Chicago. <laughs> Living the dream, dude. Living, Living the, the dream. dream. So he starts doing his own little routine. It's filled with that kind of like weird veiled like i'm not trying to be racist but commentary oh it, no it was very very like eerie and it's a lot of jokes about like yeah, post 9-11 america and stuff like that <laughs> and then, right like there was literally some joke that fell like on with him just saying something like 7-eleven and going to that dark road and i was like oh come like, on come on dude it was bad it was it was a just say it like you thing. mean it fuck brown people it's <laughs> brown by the way i'm brown so it's just <laughs> Uh, yeah, just relax. It was complete shit. So he did that or whatever. And then like no one was laughing. It was dead silent. And we have this like weird policy when we t- could tell something was going bad. We'd flick the lights back and forth <laughs> in the uh, the back area where we prepped the food for the cafe or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we were um kind of just like flipping the uh, lights and stuff. And then like I, the guy either knows we were doing it. So as a way to redeem himself, he decided a really funny idea would it be to recite another like well-known comedian's jokes? So he started doing Rodney Dangerfield impersonations. God damn it, dude. And he was just like, he's like, oh, I get no respect. 
just for no reason and like it was completely dead silent just get off the stage sir yeah. it's, you're done dude what's well, great it was like eventually from the back of the crowd here is a way to go like love you baby oh, <laughs> it was, and then and he's like oh, all right thanks so he put down the thing and just walked away into like the magazine racks and never be seen again <laughs> he's still living there today yeah it's like some like lost shit or something where it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's a closed down empty store <laughs> yeah right he's like hiding underground there <laughs> I was gonna like jokingly say that like one time someone should just go up during open mic night and be like investigate 9 11. <laughs> yeah, right. Like the guy at the end of the Super Bowl. It was inside job. Of, yeah, inside job, inside job. Come on, guys. That's also the, that's uh, material for the conspiracy episode. Ooh. Really? Ooh. Adam Silver dead. <laughs> yeah, Adam Silver is, is Adam Silver actually dead? <laughs> Answer, he was a yes. ghost the whole time. <laughs> he was a ghost the whole time. Come on, people. So, okay, going off of that derailment, basketball is happening in the next week, which you will not hear from us until next week. Each of us should probably pick a game that is worthwhile that you should watch. So I'll go first. Uh, the game tomorrow, actually, or today, depending on when I post this, uh, Memphis at Houston could be a really, really fun game, I think. Um, both teams are doing incredibly well right now in the West, and I think uh, you know James Harden's going to be back from his suspension for kicking LeBron in the balls, so uh, it should be a really nice matchup, I think. Yeah, that I like that. Good. It should be good. good. It's I kind of a I'll... safe pick, I think. Yeah, Go ahead. It is. I'm, I'm just going to say mine before my internet uh, inevitably again. kicks me off for half of the freaking podcast. We miss so, you. Yeah, okay. You guys, I don't think you understand. I don't get mad, and I'm sitting here fuming, unbelievably <laughs> angry. So, I'm just it's screaming. All it's all Henson's did, fault. Did you take out your rage on Henson, basically? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, I feel I'm like starting to feel bad. Like, I think all of my rage and anger was just unfairly put on John Henson. But all Bucks fans turn it off, so they won't hear your apology. I hope you know that. <laughs> done. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. But I, I opened a beer. I'm trying to relax a little bit. I'm taking a deep breath. And my game to watch is Cavs at Hawks because we've got the surging Cavs basically looking like they're on, they're, you know, they're headed straight for the Eastern Conference Final. And the Hawks, who have been unbelievable, the have the best best record in the NBA. I think they're a half game above the Wiz or the uh, Warriors now. Excuse me. And I mean, it's just two powerhouses. Could be an Eastern Conference Finals preview. And I think it's it's a real test for both teams. It's a uh, it. It would prove to the Hawks that they can beat, you know, the uh, the favorite team in with LeBron's team because I think it's obvious he's favored. Whatever team he's on is favored to go to the final. So how do they stack up against the Cavs after they've kind of figured everything out? And it's also a test for the Cavs to see how they match up against the current Eastern Conference leading team who has proven to be the best team in the NBA thus far. Yeah, no, that is going to be a hell of a matchup. Absolutely. If only it was a late game so, you know, I didn't have to – go out or anything i could just stay at home and watch basketball yeah that's that's uh I, I, problems i have to, I have to see I have to, like, <laughs> I have to like adjust my plans i think on friday now seeing this i was probably gonna go out to dinner like olive garden does <laughs> olive garden want to play the brains. game for you well, yeah uh, I don't know, <laughs> maybe they'll maybe they'll play the game there so yeah I have to see. I have to call them prior. Or just pick <laughs> so, uh, a different restaurant that actually, uh, you know, has yeah, like TVs and cares I about guess. American basketball. Can you can you make reservations at Olive Garden? 
Yeah, I, why not? I don't think I you feel need like they to. Lo- they love reservations. They feel so important and yeah. valuable. They treat you like family. You don't need to make reservations. You just they show had, up. They had that one deal where it was like you paid like 110 bucks or something. You got free like or you got unlimited breadsticks and salad for like a month or something. Like yeah, that. <laughs> I remember that. Really? I, I wish I Olive Garden every day. Yeah, Dude, you can give that to a homeless person. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. Aw, just, just look at you, dude. That's really, that's really I don't sweet. Think I was gonna get it. Look at you, just good Samaritan. Proud of yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This whole episode has been Justin uh, doing us proud. We should we should start and Kickstarter. Me just fueling with ang- <laughs> fuming with anger. Yeah, right. <laughs> we have, like the polar opposites. We have like yeah, we're throughout the podcast is the exact opposite. <laughs> Did you guys mention my stuff in the other segments? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Because I was really proud of all of my points, and then right as we start the actual segments, I get cut out. Actually, speaking of, uh, we uh, had to give a winner for the uh, oh damn stat line, and it went to uh, yours for Rus- uh, Russell Westbrook. So you are leading us all, actually, for wins for the uh, Oh Damn stat line. Proud of you. Yeah. Well, all right. That's oh, just, yeah. That's a, that's a great little uh, sound clip, too. Wait, actually, that, that made me think. Should, we should probably pick winners in the games we choose, John. So Memphis or Houston, who's Damn, the Damn, Grant. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so smart. You should Perfect. host the show. Come on now. Uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, Houston. I think James Harden's going to go completely nuts. Which isn't like unexpected, I guess, but like it's just gonna be those things like coming back from a suspension, like he's gonna go hard and I think uh single handedly you say he's gonna go harden? He's gonna go harden. He's gonna go harden in the paint paint and only <laughs> the three point line and the paint, because he does not shoot from anywhere that's not in the key or behind three point line. There's a nice shot chart up there on the internet. You can see that. Grant, how about you? I'm torn. My heart wants to pick the Hawks because I still have, you know, an unnatural hatred for LeBron. But my body I, wants the Cavs. Yeah. The, the Cavs are looking too sexy right now. They're, they're playing too good at basketball, and I think this is one of those games that the Cavs are going to take more seriously than the Hawks. I think the Hawks at this point are going to coast a little bit because yeah. they pretty much locked up the one seed and they're going to be fine and they know what they are. They know who they are. The Cavs are still defining themselves and they're still looking for like marquee wins. They've gone on a few winning streaks here and there. I mean, they figured it out with Kyrie. I think the newest stat line is they're like the best offense with Kyrie on the floor and the mm-hmm. second worst without him. Um, so I think they're finally kind of defining themselves and improving proving that they can win coming to themselves too. Cause I think a lot of it was internal. Like they didn't really necessarily believe in their team. And I think this is one of those games they really, really show up for. And I think it's going to be close, but I think the Cavs will end up pulling it out. Solid, absolutely. Justin, <clears throat> what is your game that people need to watch? I said the Mavs versus the Warriors. I know we talked about the Mavs for like three hours already. So they're, they're very good, even though, they're kind of up in the air of whether they're, they'll be in the Western Conference Finals this year. Um, I think that this is a good preview of the competition level that we'll see. I feel like I feel like the Warriors will win this one, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. And uh, I know we didn't talk about this, actually, but do you guys think Rondo will be on the Mavs next year? I don't think Ooh. so. Because there's a lot of things. Some people are saying, like, he'd go to the Lakers or something like that, which I don't know about that. What's the contract looking like? Is it just a one-year thing? It's a one-year contract. Yeah, he's on the mm, last year. Mm, that's interesting. I don't know. That's tough. I think uh, if things between him and Rick Carlisle kind of smooth out, I think yeah. uh, in the playoffs or you know maybe it's like a postseason thing where they kind of 
you know, t- hug it out, talk it out. So, uh, you know, I think I think he will stay on the Mavs. Yeah. I See, think- I think he'll be on the Mavs at the right price. I think if he commands less than twelve million dollars, I think if he's at like between eight and ten, uh, he'll be on the Mavs. However, I think if he's chasing that max money or like fifteen to twenty million dollars, mm-hmm. I think he'll be on like the Lakers or the Knicks. Yeah. Who's who's got some space? Who really kind of almost unnecessarily wants that you know big name player because I think it's I don't know I'm of the mindset there's playoff Rondo and there's regular season Rondo and those two are completely different um, and I think Rondo just continues to prove that he doesn't take the regular season that seriously and the problem with going to those teams though is you need to because they're really 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 shitty teams at the moment and they're going to need to win games so I think his his best bet would be to stay on the Mavs but I, w- I would look to the team he goes to to really underperform. And I know that's getting into a whole different conversation, but you've heard it here first. Rondo's team next year, if it's not the Mavs, will underperform. Ooh. Okay, so... Okay, I'm trying to piece this together. So wherever Rondo goes, they will underperform. I think so, because I think... It, it... Rondo to the Hawks, please. No. <laughs> no. I, see, if he's on the Hawks, so like he, he's going to be on them for a, a good price. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think if, if he's going to stay anywhere for the right price, it would probably be Dallas, because he's already kind of... He's going to be ingrained in the system. Mm-hmm. But I think if he's chasing those max dollars, the chances that he lands on a very competitive team are slim, and he's way more likely to land on like a New Yorker and L.A. who are bottom feeders and have real really no signs of moving up that much. And I think... They're gonna they, if someone signs him like that, like you know, at like a, fifteen to twenty, they're going to underperform because they're gonna assume that Rondo is all that is is offense. He's gonna translate to wins when really that's not the case. He needs right. pieces around him. Sorry, this is getting really off topic. A sign and, and trade with Nets, right? And I was get Darren Williams. Thoughts? I'd be down. Yeah, I think, I think that could be fun. I think that actually, I don't know. I kind of feel like that might work. Does uh, the well, I guess it doesn't really matter because I'm sure it'd be like a free agency thing, right? Where they get where they would get Rondo, the Nets. Well, I think they need to have a signed trade because their cap space. Oh, right. Okay. Non-existent. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think Darren Williams could actually fit on the Mavs. I think he's not very ball dominant like he can be, and I think he's relied mm-hmm. on to be that way a lot. But I think he is a player that doesn't need to be. Where Rondo needs the ball. I think that's just a fact. He needs to dribble. He needs mm-hmm. to do you know three circles before he drives whereas i think darren williams could actually kind of play off monte even a little bit i think that would be a really fun backcourt to watch because we could actually have monte bring the ball up uh, a good amount of the time and darren williams could do a lot more spotting up because he's not that bad of a shooter when healthy and i mean he can still do he can still do a lot of things rondo does and be ball dominant but he doesn't need to be and i think that's a significant difference and he might fit better into the system by needing the ball less and letting your other ball dominant point or ball dominant guard take it up a little bit. And I think that's another reason why the Mavs are suffering is because Rondo's taking a lot of touches away from Monte. Right, yeah, definitely. Because Monte's been so good on that team. Monte's killing Monte have it all. Does does he just imagine if he came to the Bulls though, when Oof. how they've been rumored so many times to <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah. Imagine imagine if he had actually be on the Bulls right now. Ugh. Nice. I'd love it. Very, and, very and Jimmy nice. at the three. Oof. I don't know. Jimmy's kind of been struggling at the three, but if you oh. could figure it out, then. Oh, okay. That's a whole other conversation. But yeah, well, hey, okay. that's for the Bulls podcast. That, don't yeah, worry about it. That yes. is for free season Sorry. hats us. Um, yes, okay. Ayush, what game should everyone be watching? 
Clippers at Warriors on Sunday, 2.30, being broadcasted on ABC. Oh, that's um, a nice time for a game. Yeah, it is. It's a nice little, like, midday, you're eating lunch or something. It'd be nice. Uh, this is just a playoff rematch. I've, things always get really chippy between these two. You, there's fights, there's people jawing at each other. Just It's such a fun game to watch, and it's usually pretty close. If you thought the Suns versus Heat was a little chippy, this will be a lot. This will be a lot more. This will um, be the chippiest. This will be the chippiest, if I say so myself. Um, for a winner, it's tough. Um, I like the Warriors I, just because of their track record and how good they've been playing. But with DeAndre just destroying every front court he crosses, I, they might be able to slip away. But I'm going to go with a safe pick and say the Warriors are going to win this one. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, I can see the Warriors winning that one, I think, personally. Yeah. I think... One through four, they're they're better, but the the five is where it might be a game changer. I think we need to talk about the Clippers on the next midweek exception because uh, yeah, I could I could I want I want to I should say I want to start a whole conversation about them and what the fuck is going on with them. They are such an interesting team. Like, what's going on is this bizarre. Austin Rivers max deal, dude, next year. But also, they have, like, the same record as, like, the Bulls. And the Bulls, you know, I mean, I, both teams are experiencing their own their own peril. But mm-hmm. they've been, the Clippers have been getting shit on the entire year. But they still have a pretty damn good record. Wow, I, I'm sorry. I'm swearing a lot in this episode. That's okay. No, I, no, no. We'll, I, I apologize. We'll drop the explicit tag on it. Don't worry. Like Viewer pr- discretion is advised. Brent, Brent, yeah. Brent, Blame we'll my the, Wi-Fi uh, and my computer because yeah. it's making me so angry. It, it's just flowing out of me at the moment. We'll, we'll put the like a uh, parental guidance uh, advisory thing that they used to put on CDs, or they might still put them on CDs. I don't know. Yeah, oh, I think they do. Don't the do advisory don't thing. Do. It's just all it's all digital now. So yeah, right. Yeah, you now don't actually see it. Now all it is like a little like red like explicit thing next to the track or the album yeah. or whatever. That's lame. Very lame. I remember. <laughs> 90s I still remember. Kids only the, yeah, uh, get out. <laughs> Bought the Eminem show clean version, and my mom almost didn't let me get it because they said "damn in hell." That wasn't proved out. <laughs> one of my favorite things was my uh, my neighbor bought one of the uh, Eminem albums. I can't remember which one it was. It must have been the Eminem show, I think, because there's like, I think, don't most don't most of his albums have like, like skits, like comedy things. Yeah, between yeah, yeah. yes, some no. of the most vulgar parts of the series. Okay, too. so it's not completely absurd. That, that is what made. His parents wanted to take the CD away from him because of the skits going on. Basically, that's actually hilarious. Actually, I got um, one of Outcast CDs taken away from me back in the day because my parents really, really liked Hey Ya. Oh, and yeah. I got the, I got this I got the album, and it was like a double sided album. There's a like speaker box and the love below. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that's I was so like, playing it on our speakers, and they heard what was going on. Like, yeah, we're gonna have to take this away from you for a couple years. And I was still like, I was already, I was like 14 or something. Like, it was ridiculous that I was getting it taken away from me, but that happened. What's cooler than being cool? Getting your CD taken away from you, I guess. (laughs) That was a good one. Good job. Good job, goodness. Thank you. I'm, uh, wow, it's covering all the ground, I think, in this episode. Yeah, we're, really, we're showing the viewers. We're going to show the viewers really how well-rounded people we are, and how we're not—we're not just NBA fans. We're fans of life. Everybody turned it off. Everybody just shut yeah, it off. They we're, hated we're, it. We're huge life fans, and uh, if you want some more, like uh, just I don't know, learn more about us, tune next week. The midweek exception. You can find us on iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, probably. 
Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. And uh, at worst, you can just go on to freecheeseandhotsauce.com and listen to the uh, podcast on there because we have a little streaming thing in there where you can tune in and browse other websites and tabs and stuff. He's, Lord knows you probably don't want to read any stuff about the Bulls right now. Um, if you're a Bulls fan, you should probably check out the website anyway. And also the weekly podcast free cheese and hot sauce where we talk all about the chicago bulls and the uh various things going on you can kind of see a uh, mental breakdown going on i think in various definitely, episodes in various definitely. formats it's, it's a it's a real roller coaster ride and uh <laughs> in addition if you're a bulls fan we do have pre-game shows up that are really really well done by a guy on our site called chris he's cool he uh probably gonna join us for this podcast i hope at some point and you get to hear me talk a lot too, so that's fun. Oh, Justin, yeah. I talk Justin. about history. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah, I completely didn't mention you guys. Now I just feel like an asshole. No, you're not okay. a good host. Dude. I've been, you're just I've a been bad like host. low key suspended from Free Cheese recently <laughs> oh, because okay. I went back in and re-edited my pregames to pick the right bowl of the game and the way <laughs> there we game go. every time. So <laughs> I'm, yep. I'm finally off suspension, and this was kind of my trial run. If I could actually make it through a midweek exception, I was going to be allowed back on. I ranked <laughs> fraud. You did an exceptional job, so I think uh, you will definitely be getting back on those pregames. That's good to hear. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully you subscribe and rate us and all that fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, have a pleasant week. I think I got a good ending, though.